for Bez Hashem beginning the Arucha program to the Beis Havad. And um, it's going to be a process, I think, as um, we figure out how to, uh, how to uh, stagger the Limud. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll have more people um, coming to the Shir and or, you know, involved in the learning. So um, hopefully Bez Hashem with Siyat Deshmaya will get this going. And um, it's a very, it's a very gishmaka program. Um, a lot of you say this in Chayisha Mishpat for business halacha into bite-sized pieces. So it's, um, it's, it's uh, w- without having to, you know, learn all of Chayisha Mishpat, we could get Bez Hashem a lot of you say this here. So the first week, this week is the week of Mishpatei Hamamayin. The rest of the month, the next three weeks that are in the booklet are Hilchas Gezel. But the first week are just some foundations of understanding monetary law in halacha. So, so the first Maramakaimus that we have here um, is the Gemara in Bavakama, Shor Shenogach Es Hapara, the beginning of the fifth parak. So the Gemara over there says that if you have a, an axe that gored a para and you find that there is a dead baby next to the dead para. And the question is, when did that baby, when was that baby born? If the baby was born before the mother was gored, so then it has nothing to do with the ox that gored it. And there's no monetary payment for something you didn't do. So you just have to pay Chatzinezek for the para. But if the baby was killed as a result of the mother being gored, so then that means the ox that gored it not only killed the mother, killed the baby. So therefore, you're going to have to pay for the uh, baby as well. So the, Gemara, the Mishnah says, since it's a suffix, since it's a doubt of what happened, so therefore you pay chatzi nezek, half nezek for the para, because it for sure gored the mother, and therefore you pay the Allah of paying half the damages. But since there's a question if it also killed the baby, so therefore we say that you only have to pay a quarter damages, which is half of a half, half of what you would have to pay for the, for the, uh, for the baby. So the Gemara over here says, this Mishnah is the opinion of Sumchis. And Sumchis says that whenever you have a doubt about monetary issues, you split. You split 50 50, we both take a loss. However, the Chachamim says, This is a great rule in the laws of monetary laws in Halacha. The one who wants to take out from his friend, he wants his friend to pay him a love haraya. He has to bring the proof. I have money. You want me to pay you? You have to prove it. If there's any doubt, I don't have to pay you. That's the concept of a muhsuk. A muhsuk means the one who's holding on to it. The one who's holding on to it, he has the ownership. If you want to get him to pay you, you want to be moitzi, you got to bring a raya. You have to bring a proof. A love haraya. That is what the Gemara tells us. Now, the Gemara says, 
Well, what's this Kalal Gadol Badin? It sounds like it's a, it's a major thing. You know, drum roll, please. Kalal Gadol Badin, Amoitzim Mechaver Lavaraya. So says the Gemara, a few reasons why it's called a Kalal Gadol Badin. The first reason is, the Gemara says, even if the Nizuk, the one who is damaged, says Bari, he says a definite claim, Umazik and the one who damaged is says a Shema. I'm not sure. So again, I'm not sure if my Shar gored your Shar. And he says, What do you mean? I know definitively. I know definitively. Still, we say, You don't, your definitive claim is not a proof. A proof means bring witnesses. So, in some instances, when you have a Bari and a Shema, when I make a definite claim, and you're, a, and you're a, a maybe claim, so sometimes we say, well, he's a definite, you're a maybe, so let's say we probably should believe him. But if your purpose is you want to take out money, you want him to pay you, even with your definitive claim, since it is a matter of doubt, So, is so strong, that it even overrules a definitive claim by the person who's trying to get his money. So that's the first reason it's called a klal gadol. Because even if it's against a bari, still you say, That's the first thing the Gemara says. That's how strong The second thing the Gemara says is for another case. A person sells an axe to his friend. Benimsa nagchan. And it's a goring axe. It's a dangerous axe. Now you could buy an axe for one of two reasons. You could buy it to plow your fields, to work. Or you could buy it to shecht and have supper. So now, if it's a goring axe, it doesn't behave and it goes around damaging. So that axe is good for one thing. Supper. Shecht it and eat it. To go and plow your field with a goring axe is not a very good thing. So I sold someone, or someone sells his friend a, a, a shor. And it turns out, it's a goring shor, it's a nagchan. So Rav, my Rav says, it's a mechatite, it's a mistake. The guy could say, listen, I bought an axe to work my fields, I didn't buy an axe to shecht. To spend all that money to buy an axe to eat? No. It's a mistake, I don't want it, take it back. I want a workable shor. Ushmul Amar, Shmuel says, what do you mean? The seller could say, I sold it to you to shecht. That's why I sold it to you. So therefore, there's nothing inherently wrong with a goring axe if you're eating it for supper. There's nothing wrong with it. So the Gemara then goes through a bunch of different, um, um, different options of what's going on. The Gemara says, well, let's see. What does this guy usually buy oxen for? Does he buy them for work or does he buy them to eat? So the Gemara says both. You can't, you can't ascertain from his buying history of what he usually buys it for. Sigmar says, okay, what about the price? Oxen that are working oxen are cost a lot more money than, a, uh, than just for meat. Sigmar says, no, it happens to be meat is very expensive, like today. Meat is very expensive, and therefore there's almost no difference. You can't tell by the price which one it was. So the Gemara then says, okay, so then what's the machlaikas here? Rava merits a mekach tois. On the top of a mem vav three lines, four lines on the top, the Gemara says, Rava merits a mekach tois. It's a mistake. Why? 
Zil basaruba veruba dinchi the raja who dezavna. Most people buy a live ox for work. That's the majority. So there's a raiv. Majority, raiv is a big player in halakha. We always find raiv is a very big player. So Rav says, majority people buy for work, Basar majority, and the guy could say, I bought it for work, this is a goring shar, it's a It's a mistake, I want my money back. Ushmul Amar, no, sorry, he could tell him I sell, sold it to you, Lishchita. Basaruba. What do you mean, what happened to the majority? Basaruba When it comes to Isurim, so then you go with the majority. You have ten, ten uh, butchers. Nine of them sell kosher. One of them sells strafe. You find a piece of meat. The majority says it's kosher. The, when it comes to iser, then you follow the majority. When it comes to monetary issues, you don't go with the majority. You want me to give you back your money and take back my shar? You have to bring witnesses that show that this was a mistake. Majority is not good enough. So the Gemara is telling us that is so strong. And again, the words keep in mind, they're equal to the words meaning I am holding on to the money. You want to take it away from me? You have to bring proof with witnesses. I don't care if you're a Bari, you have a, you have a definitive claim against me, even if I'm a Shema, I don't know. doesn't make a difference. What do you mean? You're going to come with a claim, the majority says this is what happened? I don't care. Majority is not enough for me. You want me to pay you, you bring witnesses, you bring a proof. That's how strong the concept of holding on to your money. Whoever's the one who has the money has such a hold on it that if you want to take it away from him, you must bring witnesses. All other claims um, are invalidated by the concept of So now, the Gemara continues, and the Gemara brings a Raisa that says the same thing. Now, if you look down a few lines to Amr Ab Shmuel Bar Nachmeni, about four or five lines before the end of the uh, gray line on the side there. How do you know this concept? You're telling me a very, very strong concept in halakha. It goes against everything we know till now. It goes against Bari Vishema, it goes against Raiv. Where do you know this from? Where do you know that someone who's holding on to his money, you got to schlep it out of him with witnesses? Sigmar says, Amr Shemun Achmeni, how do you know Shemar? Mi baldvarim yigash aleim. Yagish raya aleim. That it says, whoever is the baldvarim, yigash aleim, he should approach, the Gemara says that means, he should approach with witnesses, with a proof. You want to be, get something out of me? Bring a proof. A puzzle. Maskevla Ravashi, Ravashi says, Halamalikra. What do you need a Pasuk for? Svarahu. It's a logical thing. Whosoever's in pain, he's the one who has to go to the doctor. Someone who's not in pain doesn't have to go to the doctor. So the guy who's holding on the money, he doesn't have to start bringing proofs to anything. He's not in pain, he has his money. 
you're in pain, you want to get the money out of him, you got to go to the doctor and bring definitive proofs that he owes you the money. And that's how the Gemara stands. The Gemara continues, what, what do you do with the Pasuk? So the Gemara comes out, it's an unbelievable thing. It's a svara. It's a that it goes against everything we know is a logic. A logic. This is like, you would say this is called Schmitz Das Torah. This is it. The, the Gemara is telling you this is the logical explanation that So that is the concept of which is a very important concept as we'll see as we go through the Allah and Chayshem Mishpat. Most cases are someone trying to get someone else to pay him. And we see from here how strong of a proof you need. You can't come with svekas. It has to be, you have to have, even if you're a bari, even if you have a rive, you need Aiden. Now we're going to see there's going to be wiggle room, there's going to be exceptions, but this is the baseline here of So now if you turn the page to the next page, there's a Taisvis here. And Taisvis says, That um, the top Taisvis here in, in Baba Kamach of Zion Amad Beis, Taisvis has a question. Taisvis Dibra Maskas Kamash Malon Dein Halchim Bemaman Acha Haroi, which is the same concept we had. You don't follow majority in monetary issues because we say Hamaitzim Mechaver Levaraya. Tema, Matam in Halchin, Lacey Bekavah Chaimer Bedina Nefashis. When it comes to killing someone in Bezdin, how do you kill someone in Bezdin? So, witnesses come and they say, Ruvain killed Shemin. And they go back and forth. And then the Bezdin takes a vote. And if the majority of the Bezdin votes that he's guilty and he should be killed, you kill him. So you'll kill somebody based on a majority vote. So if that's true, when it comes to life and death things, you do follow a majority? And when it comes to monetary things, you don't follow a majority? How can we not follow a majority? Monetary things is much more lenient than Dine Nefashas. So that's Taisis Kasha. And he brings So if you skip to Taisis Tarets, Taisis says a very, very fascinating thing here. And Taisis says like this, the Hasam Gamay Dayanim Shani. The Khoshiv Miuti Tu Kimoisha Ainai. The Lekal Amaimar Hasam Uki Mamani Mamaina Bekeskas Mare. The Bezdin Mafkimine. So so he says like this. And it's really the question is really even more. Because it's not just a question in Dina Nefasha, it's really in Dine Mamanas. You also follow a majority. When you go to court to a Bezdin. And you have a, a monetary dispute with someone. So the Bezdin takes a vote. Let's say, nowadays, you come to a Bezdin, there's three Dayanim. You say your claims, the Dayanim listen, and they take a vote. Two of them say, you're Chayiv to pay. One of them says, you're Potter to pay. Do you have to pay or not? Of course you have to pay. What happens, you don't go with the majority. When it comes to monetary things, we said, you don't follow the majority. So why is it in a Bezdin you follow the majority? Not only for Dine Nefashas, but even Dine Mominus, you follow the majority. So Taisvis says a major Chiddush. Taisvis says that when a Bezdin 
paskins that you're obligated to pay, it's not the majority of the Bezdin that obligates you to pay. It's the whole Bezdin that obligates you to pay. Bezdin is a unit. Bezdin has to be all three judges. Two judges can't obligate you to pay. A, a panel of three judges. Now, how does the Bezdin decide what the entire Bezdin holds? That they follow the majority. But that one guy who voted Putter, he then says, okay, I am now null and void. My opinion is null and void. And our unit called the Bezdin takes the money from him. So Taisa says, The one, the minority, he's non-existent. It's not a majority and a minority. And you'll say, don't follow the majority, keep the money in the chazaka. The entire Bezdin is passing that. That's the, that's the highlighted words. That's the punchline. The entire Bezdin takes it away from him. Why? Two people are not a Bezdin. You need all three. How does the Bezdin decide what they're enforcing? That they follow the majority. But once they follow the majority, now that's why it's a Perish Halacha. A Dayan's not allowed to walk out of Bezdin and say, this guy said, Yechayim, it's Lashon Haaretz, and Chavetz Chaim, it says. Not allowed to say that. Why not allowed to say that? Because it's not true. Because once the Bezdin paskin, everybody paskins that way. When it comes to any other monetary issue, in every monetary issue, there's a chazaka, I have the money. Then you say there's a majority, but there's also a minority. So the minority and my chazaka win, because you do not follow the majority. So Taisvis is continuing to explain to us this idea of why is it that you don't follow the majority? Because even though there's a majority that says you have to pay, there's a minority that you don't. Some people, a, a minority of people, buy an animal for shechita. So, my chazaka and that minority win. So that is the site of So now just to bring this Indian to a, a little bit of, of an understanding, there's two Maramakaimas here that are very important to understand. The first one is a Maramakam here, it's on page 9. And again, I know I'm, I'm getting ahead of everybody here, but uh, you know, you'll be able to uh, you know, learn it on your own. We'll see really, you know, if, if some Chavrutsas want to learn every night, so perhaps it's Kedai for me to give this year Tuesday and Thursday, then Monday and Tuesday could be the learning of the first Chaylik on Wednesday and Thursday, but it really depends on the Eilam, how, how everyone wants to do it. If you just want to come to this year, again, this is going to be an evolving process, you know, and how this will, will work out. Um, hopefully there'll be more Chavrusa Shafs as well. So the first thing, Reb Chatzkel Abramsky, in Kaivitz Mamorim, here on page 9, so he has a little contrast about uh, Dine Mominus, and he splits it up, you see, on the top into four categories. In the second category, he says like this, and it's a very important thing. There's a very important rule when it comes to Dine Taira. And that is, You own your money. Nobody else owns your money. The Baal HaMamun, the owner of the money, he is the one with full jurisdiction and right over his possessions. 
This is the way of our Torah. A person's possessions are his. And like a red string woven through a white baguette. Which means to say, the legal basis, you see on the bottom, they always have a summary of the page, by the way. It's very geschmack. In Hebrew and in English, they tell you what they're trying to bring out. Like on the page before, they bring from Taisvis. Here, this concept forms the legal base of all monetary law. An owner has the sole right and ability to do anything with his possessions. And this is a very important thing that I spoke to the person who put this together. He was just trying to bring out the fact, you know, this concept of communism and socialism and all the type of isms and things like that. When it comes to the Torah, you are the sole owner of your money. Now, there's rules of how things play themselves out. But the bottom line is, what's yours belongs to you. Nobody has a right to take that away from you. If it's not yours, then we have a right to take it away from you. But Cole's mind, it is yours, and until proven differently, no one has a right to take anything away from you. And that's the concept of a muhsuk. That's the concept of I have it. If it's in my possession, it belongs to me. You want to prove it doesn't belong to me? No problem. You've got to bring proof. Right? You have to bring proof. So that's Yisai number one. And Yisai number two is on the next page from Shimon Shkup. And this is also... Yeah. He's not really saying anything new. He's just like, uh, he's just like you know, putting it in... Uh, first of all, Bechlal. Ruchatzka Abramsky and Kavitz Mamarim is like, I never heard Ruchatzka talk. I don't know if anybody here heard recordings from him. But he was an unbelievable order. Rav Chatzka Sometimes in his drushes, you know, you're able to hear him speaking. You know, he had a beautiful, uh, poetic way of speaking. And he just said this in a very poetic way. He didn't say any chidushim, but he's just throwing in this idea that where does Amayt Mechavar Lavarai come from? It comes from the understanding that the Torah says, you are full owner of your money with all rights and responsibilities to it, until proven differently. It starts off with that. That's why there's this concept of Amayt Mechavar Lavarai. It's not just the fact that I'm a muhsuk. The fact comes before that. That the basis of all laws are that if I own it, it's mine. No one can take it away from me. Again, if there's rules, there's rules. But, but that's, the, that's the foundation. And therefore, if you do, you have to have very big proof. It's not shot that it's Correct. 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 Right. It starts off, it's yours. You want to take it away from me? You have to prove beyond the doubt. Either's doubts, doubts don't help until you prove it. Now, Rav Shkup comes with another question here. And this is also a, a, a Yisoyed Gadol, and we'll end off with this, a Yisoyed Gadol in, um, in, 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 in monetary law. And also a very important thing. And he says, this is on page 10 in the booklet, um, it's about five or six lines down, he says, Uvir Inyan, Zeh, and this is why this is part of the introduction. When it comes to monetary issues, monetary issues are different than all mitzvahs in the Torah. 
The v'chol ha-mitzvah is when it comes to any other mitzvah, the mitzvah is what the Torah told us either to do or not to do. Mitzvah saseh, mitzvah loisaseh. So what is our obligation? To be mekayim, the rotzen Hashem. The mitzvah that Hashem gave us. Uvedine momenes enekein. Monetary issues is different. Dekoidim shechal alav mitzvah Hashem. Before we even get to the mitzvah of Hashem, do we have to pay or we, do we have to return something? Before we even get to the mitzvah, first we have to decide the monetary law. What does that mean? Let's say a child steals. Styles, he's not chayv a mitzvah. When a child steals, he's not over on leisigzol. He doesn't have a mitzvah leisigzol. Right? Chinuch is a different story. But child is not obligated in mitzvahs. And yet, what happens when a child steals? Let's say a child goes around stealing. He says, I'm sorry. He says, I have no, no iser of stealing. So Bezin will say, slow down. You don't have iser of stealing. You're right. But you still can't take someone's property. Why not? Isn't that a, If I don't have the mitzvah, I could do what I want. No. When it comes to monetary issues, before you get to the mitzvah, you first have to decide what the monetary law is. The monetary law is that things belong to people. And even if you're eight years old, you can't just walk around taking things from people. What do you mean? But I'm not chayiv. I'm not, I'm not no problem with gzela. It doesn't work that way. He says even a katan that steals bezdin has to go get it back from him. So he says, ikri Whenever we're trying to understand, that we're donning, we're judging, if a person has owned something or not, when you have a din Torah with someone, it's not a shail about a mitzvah or not. It's a reality. Who's the owner of this? Realistically, who's the owner? Who's the one according to monetary law and understanding that gets to keep the chayfets? And therefore he says like this. He says, When Chazal said all these rules by doubts, it wasn't, they weren't learning up a sugya in Loisigzal, in Ashavas Aveda. They said they came with their seichel, Apiteris Hamishbatim, and they said, this is what makes sense. This belongs to him, this doesn't belong to him. This is a doubt. He says, Shebemachlif Paravachamar Vyalda, Visafik Masai Nailad. For example, let's say we trade a, a cow for a, uh, for a donkey. And the cow gave birth. And we don't know when it gave birth. After we made the trade. We didn't do it while it was here. right? We, I didn't see when it happened. After we made the trade, and it belongs to me. Or before we made the trade, it belongs to you. So Chazal said, listen, it depends. If it was in one of their one of their possession when we found the baby, so it belongs to him. If it was in a public place, it belongs to the original owner. So Frecht says Reb Shimon, Bini halav shel iser gezel, 
Because Reb Shimon Shkop is bothered by a very fundamental question. Why isn't every monetary dispute a suffix of Loisigzal? I have a dispute with you. I should have to pay you. Why? Just like I have a suffix if something's treif, I make sure I don't do the iser. I don't need it. Right? So I have a suffix if I owe you money. So if I owe you the money and I don't pay you, I'm a thief. So there should be a suffix gezel. Every monetary dispute should be a suffix of the Isser of Gzela. So Reb Shimon says, no. Gzela is after we decide according to monetary law who's the rightful owner. If you don't follow that, you're a gazlan. But before you get to the world of Gzela, you have to first come to monetary law. So he says, the first thing is, Gzela means something that Apiteres HaMishpatim belongs to someone else, then you steal it. But, if the Torah tells me I don't have to pay you, then I'm not stealing. What do you mean? But there's a doubt. Yes, but the Torah said, in that doubt, I don't have to pay. So if I don't have to pay, I have no mitzvah to go pay you, so I shouldn't be a Gazlan. I'm not a Gazlan. So that's what he means to say, that before you get to the mitzvah, you first have to deal with the monetary law. Monetary law, paskins. Sometimes it says pay, sometimes it says leave it where it is. Whatever the monetary law says, that's the halacha. Now if you don't follow that halacha, then you're a gazan. But if you follow that halacha, you don't have to be a farfrumta person and say, uh, but what happened? Leisigzal, leisigzal. No, no, the Torah said, but maybe I owe it to him and I'm stealing. No, the Torah said you don't have to pay him. The rabbanon said you don't have to pay him. He says, therefore, a concept of sofeg gezel is very davarachak min ha-metzias. You don't have so many cases. Because in every doubt, Chazal told you what to do. Sometimes they said, Sometimes they said, Sometimes they said this, sometimes they said that. Every doubt, Chazal told us what to do. There's very, very few cases of a Suffolk Gezel. It would be, for example, he says, let's say you steal from someone who you don't know if he's a Jew or a guy. And you hold your lot of steal from Goyim. So Machlaik is in the Gemara. So that's a Suffolk. Am I allowed to steal from him or am I not allowed to steal from him? But that's, it's a very far case. Any other monetary dispute has nothing to do with a Suffolk Gezel. Because in every monetary dispute, first comes the monetary law that Chazal with their Seichel decided. And if you follow that, you're not over on anything. If you don't follow that, you have a problem. But if you follow that, you're not over on anything. But, but maybe in Shemayim they happen to know that I really owe the guy money. It makes no difference. You did what the Torah told you to do. You did what the Torah told you to do, which was follow that halacha. And therefore, there's no problem. So this is another very important foundation of understanding monetary law. And that is that monetary law decides what a person's supposed to do. It's different than all the other mitzvahs of the Torah. That first you go into the mitzvahs and you have to deal with suffix. You have to deal with all these things. Here first you decide what the monetary law is. Then you could say, okay, is it gzela, is it not gzela? That's a whole different story. So just to wrap this up, we said a very big aside today of Amaytzimei Haver Lavaraya, Zeklal Gadol, person's money that he owns to schlep it out of him you need witnesses even if there's a majority we don't follow it even if there is a 
a, a bari, a definitive claim, you don't follow it. Like Reb Chatzkel said, your money is your money until proven differently. And Reb Shimon Shkap is coming to philosophically, so to speak, be magder this, to give it its, its, its gather, and that is telling us that before you come to the mitzvahs of the Torah, you first have to come to the monetary law. And the monetary law decides, the Chachamim have told us what to do in every situation, and that's why there's no Suffolk Gezel. This is a Shaila that's dealt with in the, in the Paiskim. Why isn't every case a Suffolk of Gezel? The way Rav Shimon's telling us is because once it's decided what to do, then you're out of the world of any Suffolk Gezel. no Gezel anymore. It's not Gezela. You follow what Chachamim have told you to do. So that is the end for tonight. And Bez Hashem, the next Mar Mekaymas that we'll talk about Bez Hashem on Wednesday are going to be a couple exceptions to the rule of HaMaitzi Mechaver Lovaraya. If anyone has any Ha'aris and how to run the Shir, how to run the Seder, Bechulu V'Goymer, I'm open to all types of um, critique and suggestions. We want to make this work because I think Bez Hashem, um, it's, a, it's a very important limit.